The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Games is chief executive at the business consultancy Africa at Work. And the big story we've been looking at this week from a retail perspective on the African continent, Diana, has been ShopRite, which signed off on Kenya and Nigeria, leaving Kenya and Nigeria last year, announcing yesterday that they're going to also get out of Madagascar and Uganda. It's almost like sounding a great retreat. Yeah, definitely, Bruce. I think it's um, the, the the big retreat is on, and surprisingly, <clears throat> not hearing Angola in there because um, this has suffered a lot of the same problems as Nigeria has. So um, it'll be interesting to see if that's not um, what with the fall of the dice that's that's coming up next. Um, although it always has been a big market for them, <clears throat> um, I think you know South, uh, the, the the issue. Shoprite has always been the standard bearer for South African expansion in the rest of Africa. So, of course, you know, as the business model dictates, uh, they must do whatever it is that's required. But I can't help feeling, certainly personally, as, as someone who's been covering the story since they started their expansion in the in the 90s, um, with their first market in outside Saku in Lusaka in 1995, um, that, that it's kind of history unraveling in some kind of way. But um, <clears throat> obviously, it's to be expected. I mean, there, there are a lot of challenges in these uh, markets. Um, we've got currency volatility. And, and currency devaluations are probably among the most serious for ShopRite because even when it has sales um, uh, rising in, in other African stores, in RAND terms, they often um, show a loss. So, you know, these are the kind of things that they have to manage. And I think the, the appetite risk has really gone down. And then, of course, you know, the South African um, market accounts for up to 80% of, um, of its revenue. So that does make sense. And I think we've seen a real commitment to South Africa from ShopRite in the last week or so with the purchase of, I think it's 50-odd um, stores from, from uh, MassMart. So I think we might see more com- uh, more countries um, uh, going down in the next kind of couple of months. Uh, interestingly, uh, ShopRite is still in Ghana, um, as I said, and, and in Angola, as well as countries around us. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, they've Madagascar, they um, went in in 2002. Uganda in 2000. So that's, these are long, these are long routes in these countries. So it is always sad to see that happening. But you know, obviously the business case um, tells us otherwise. You can't. They can't be accused of. Yeah. Oh, but wow. me. They can't be accused of not trying. Um, and uh, yeah, they've given it a, a, a good, a good shot. Uh, Nigeria's tech sector. Um, there's been a bill that has been leaked in Nigeria, which could have massively devastating consequences for companies in Nigeria's tech sector. What on earth are they playing at? Well, you know, in Nigeria at the moment, there's, uh, you know, these huge revenue losses because of oil price dips and all sorts of things. So the government is casting around for, for ways to um, to raise more revenues. But in general terms, Nigeria is is known as, as, as quite a tough environment for it's over-regulated in many cases. And there's a kind of saying in Nigeria that if you are successful, keep your head down because the government will tax you or ban you. <clears throat> it has a long history of, of banning a lot of things as well. So in terms of the tech sector, there's now intense government scrutiny of the of this of fintech particularly, which is where a lot of activity has been taking place over the last five years or so. A lot of um, venture capital money coming to into the fintech sector in Nigeria, which along with South Africa is one of the, the sort of considering the, t- <clears throat> the tech hubs of Africa. So what we're seeing is a, a leaked document 
uh, there have been fears about about the government's kind of attitude towards um, technology in general with the ban on Twitter and the cryptocurrency trading bans already um, in place. And, um, and now there's this leaked bill that with an agency that will be solely responsible for issuing licenses and registering and determining which companies can operate in the tech sector and which products come to market. So quite sweeping powers. And I think it's really spooked a lot of people um, that the sector is still, even though, though it's had great success, it's still growing. Um, and there's a, there are concerns that it will actually just stop it in its tracks if the, if the government steps in and starts to over-regulate and over-tax it. So, and of course, there's a lot of foreign money going into the into Nigeria's tech sector, and there's a lot of concerns about, you know, what where, how this will affect the return on investment, and and because of the possibility of, of constraining growth um, of of these companies. And then also, just recently, there was another <clears throat> another issue that the the Central Bank of Nigeria has frozen for the the stock trading platforms of four major fintechs for six months for allowing the trading of cryptocurrencies. So it seems like there's kind of a tax on all sides at the moment. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. I mean, while people accept the need for regulation, um, it, you know, it needs to be friendly and progressive. Otherwise, it will stifle growth. And I mean, Nigeria really does need a big success story. And this has to date been one of them. So let's hope that this doesn't, um, you know, affect the trajectory of this, because um, that would be really unfortunate at this time. It's a really strange strategy for a country that needs to diversify from oil um, to to be crimping um, the style of, of growth in this sort of way. I've kind of got lost in the long-running story around the former finance minister of Mozambique, who has been, there have been demands to repatriate him to the United States. Um, that has failed. He's been in South Africa. Now South Africa is sending him back to Mozambique. <laughs> Well, Bruce, it is a complex story, and we don't really have time to go into all the details of it. But what it really speaks to, I think, is, <clears throat> you know, a, a bit of what we are seeing in South Africa. This is a former minister um, in the government of um, of Mozambique, and he received, what is it, accused of receiving $17 million in bribes to sign off on a $2 billion um, in secret loans from Credit Suisse and uh, a big Russian bank to the Mozambique government to buy fishing trawlers and military patrol vessels. This goes back to 2013. Um, and he was, um, the, the U.S. issued a, um, arrest, a warrant for his arrest, and he was arrested in South Africa. That was in um, late 2018, and he's been in jail here ever since then, while, you know, South Africa is kind of deciding, should we ex um, uh, extradite him to the U.S. as they have requested or back to Mozambique as they have requested? So we've been kind of in the middle of this going back and forth. And South Africa didn't want to send him back to Mozambique because he had immunity from prosecution as a former minister and hadn't even been charged with anything, whereas the U.S. had charged him and had corruption case against him. So anyway, what happened um, this week, it seems that he he is being sent back to Mozambique where there's a big high-profile trial, um, including the son of the former president that starts on Monday um, on this whole issue of these secret loans. Um, and it's not clear whether, you know, he's going to be part of this trial or what the story is. But apparently there was a high court order to release him. Mozambique brought the order in South Africa to release him because he'd been in jail sitting here for such a long time while we, nobody could make up their minds. Um, so I don't know if that's had something to do with it. But um, And also the fact that his immunity has now been pulled. 
But, you know, the point is really he's, um, and as I say, we face similar issues here with our corruption. You know, he, he's a still um, a senior member of the ruling party in, in Mozambique. Um, he's a, a, for, a former minister. Um, he's a, he, you know, he's well-connected official. So, you know, there's already people speculating to say, well, he's, you know, because he's been in jail in South Africa, they haven't formulated um, a, a big investigation against him. And the chances are he'll get off without much uh, difficulty once he gets back to Mozambique. So, you know, it's all about the sort of political protection, potentially. It may not work out that way, but people are already thinking that that's what the story is. But I think for South Africa, it'd be finally good to get him off, <laughs> out of our jail and back to his own country or back somewhere. Um, because exactly. it has been a very long story. <laughs> Diana Games, thank you very yeah. much indeed. Chief Executive of the Business Consultancy, Africa at Work.